This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Can we please talk about how fucking unbelievably amazing it is that they reprinted Magma Jet in this set? Yes. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Fucking in the world full of bears, the instant speed bear killer that lets you scry to is king. <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. He'll say to me, are you a pro? Not really, I just have a website. Then he goes, is it a pro website? (laughs) Jay Boosh. They're like, holy fuck, we're both over here, man. We both can't be over here, man. Scotty. Like, I stared him right in the face. I'm like, I'm only here for the buys. He's like, so you only want the buys. I'm like, once again, I am only here for the buys. (laughs) And Jeremy. As the 18th member, I promise the listeners that I will get that man to talk more. (laughs) That is my commitment to you. And now, the 18th. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 144 of the A-Team Podcast, this is KYT, once again, with Mr. Scotty Mack. How's it going, Scott? Awesome, thank you, still recovering from jet lag, but still here, yeah. And Jeremy Schofield. Woo! Spring break! <laughs> it is Schofield, right? Because I get, a lot, people, I get a lot of people who say Schofield, like, talking to me about it, like, that new guy you have, Jeremy Schofield, I'm like... Pretty sure that's not how you pronounce that name. Yeah. Did you go to school or did you go to Shul? <laughs> yeah, you just got Schofield. <laughs> and uh, missing tonight is Jay, who's uh, partying it out on his honeymoon in Las Vegas. So I'm, we I'm hope very you'll jealous. Come back. <laughs> so we, uh, we, sorry we missed last week. We yep. were obviously at Jay's wedding. Um, it was, uh, it was awesome. I was uh, thoroughly impressed by everything and how it all went down. We were busy as sin from landing to takeoff, but uh, it was all very, very awesome. And uh, the venue was great. Everything got all set up wonderfully. And, you know, we all worked really hard to make sure that uh, we were able to give them the best wedding possible. And it was uh, everyone, everyone really showed the love. It was pretty awesome. I mean, I think we can go out and say it now. That before, when Jay told us it was a backyard wedding and she, like made us look on Google Maps how it looked, and we only saw like the front of the house, we were we were not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, expecting you're being really politically correct here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. KYT and I had like an entire run of of like text messages. Where we were just like, oh my god, is this even a wedding? Like, what are we doing? Why am I spending all this money and flying out there? It's not even a wedding. You know, and we're just like, does any, you know, where we're like mimic- mimicking the, uh, the, 
the ceremony, whoever, whoever, whoever it ends up being, like, God knows who's going to host the ceremony. Is it a justice of the peace? Is it like some Indian chief? Is it just some guy off the street with an internet certificate? Like we don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone here that objects to these two being married? Blah blah. I do. This isn't even a wedding. What are we doing here? Anyway, <laughs> do I wear a trucker hat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is so, a denim jacket okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it turned out that, like, and we were just killing ourselves back and forth for, like, the entire week leading up to this because we just literally had no idea what to expect. Jay's like, I'm I'm having a wedding. We're like, great. Like, we're visioning wedding. And then he, you know, drops a bomb on to say, well, there's no actual dinner. We're like, how is there a wedding without dinner? It's like, well, there'll be food, but there's no dinner. I'm like, what are we doing here? What is this? Anyways, so thankfully, I was horribly wrong about every single expectation that I had for this. It was actually just amazing. Uh, everything was beautiful. Food was good. Um, there was a good ch- a good amount of food. There were like quiches and, and um, tons of meatballs, which KYT like demolished. Um, he was more meatball than man, I think, by the end of the evening. <laughs> uh, there were like, uh, you know, cheese and meats and breads and chicken skewers and all that sort of stuff. So it was like party hors d'oeuvres, but they were in high volume. So it was, uh, it turned out okay. Plus tons of desserts. Oh my God. So yeah, it was awesome. Um, the ceremony, uh, the bus bringing everybody in was a little late. So the ceremony got delayed, which ended up working out really well because, uh, it made everyone else on time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when we arrived, I definitely thought as, uh, Jeremy sort of talked about, I, I thought, I, I'm like, I was talking to your wife. I think I'm a little, just a little, just a little overdressed <laughs> compared to the, the rest of the people there. Um, but uh, better to be overdressed than underdressed and want to show up in uh, like a man of deprived t shirt and hoodie. And it, prob- it probably would have had to been covered in shit and ripped to be underdressed. <laughs> there, was, there were some people there that I was surprised that they had shoes. Like, I, it, was, it, it was pretty awesome. Now, that said, let me cover this all off. Like, everybody was amazing. Like, this, the, the, yeah, the first thing that Alana and I said when we landed, and, like, the first night, we're just like, wow. Everybody is just like, oh, you're Scott and Alana, you're from Toronto, oh, it's so good to see you. Big hugs and everything. And it was just, it was, it was outstanding. Like, I have, these people are just, like, huge hearts, salt of the earth, like, just amazing. They really made the experience. They really, really did. That said, our first evening of dinner was held in a barn with, like, hay all over the floor. I was in flip-flops. It was a <laughs> dirty ordeal. But, um, oh, it was wow. aw- but it was awesome. Like, food was good. Everybody was amazing. They're like, oh, get another margarita. Like, it was just amazing. It, it was great. So, it's like, as, as much fun as it is to, like, you know, bag on it, it was, it was honestly amazing. And I'm just, like, completely jesting for the sake of it so i don't mean any disrespect i don't want uh you know any of these comments coming up i'm not saying anything derogatory about the people from kamloops this is this is not a thing yeah what do you suppose they call themselves your desert mountain valley is gorgeous (laughs) i I think i like um yeah as much as i'm poking fun and and joking about it i think it absolutely blew my mind and i think it might have been one of the uh nicer if not the nicer nicest weddings i've I've been at i haven't haven't not gone to that many 
uh, of my closest friends. Like um, I've been to a lot of my relatives, etc. But uh, this year is like the beginning of where my friends are starting to get married. My friend Calvin uh, got married two two months ago, roughly. So Jay's like the second one. But uh, I was blown away by by everything. The people, the the venue. Just like they have an insane backyard that that a lot of you would die for, so yeah. you know, I would, I was, I was really happy to be there. Yeah, it was really awesome when uh, when I show up on Friday after running all of our errands and picking up suits and all that stuff. So Jay and I show up, and we're like there to help put everything together. And there's this box, and we're like, "What's in there?" And they're like, "It's a tent." I'm like, "Great." They're like, "I'm like, where'd you get it?" They said, "Oh, we got it from eBay. It like sets up in ten minutes." I'm like, "Awesome." This will be sweet. So let's just crack it all open and start looking at it. And so I go back and I grab a beer and I walk back over to the box and I realize the box is open and a couple of the guys that are standing there kind of like scratching their their head over the instructions. You can't hear the air quotes, but I tried to enunciate them. Um, so there were absolutely zero directions. There are <laughs> approximately 75 pieces to this tent, not a single instruction. There were pictures of it, like of the finished product. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, ten, ten minutes, my ass. Thankfully, dad is a wonderful, logical problem solver. <laughs> and so I was able to get everybody together. We put, put all of our heads together. and We ended up putting it up and it looked great. And then my wife, God bless her, was able to uh, figure out how to use the side panels to effectively and prettily wrap the poles that were supporting the tent. So it actually looked really pro. Um, but yeah, we worked really hard. It, it it showed. It really paid off. We got a lot of compliments, and it really, the place looked amazing. Everything was just amazing. So, yeah, it was funny. Just casually crushed this wedding. Literally. Like, casually exoed this wedding. Yep. Flew into town, exoed the wedding. That happened. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. Yep. KYT was there. He was uh, doing his his best um, videographer impression. He, I guess, what, what were you doing? Like a video journal or something? I uh, mean, just trying to give uh, some of the 18 fans, hopefully get it done uh, in the next few days or, or tonight if I'm feeling crazy. Um, just really wanted to blog part, parts of the trip, like the, my hotel room, how insane it was. It was like way too nice for just me. Um <laughs> And we, just uh, made sure that people, like the 18 fans, got to hear your your speech uh, during the wedding. And just to see us, all three of us, together, which is actually a very rare thing, has only happened uh, one twice. other time. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Which is at the TCG Player Tournament in Toronto. So mm-hmm. it's it's very rare, and uh, it'll be a, a very rare occasion when it's all four of us are, are going to be together. Yep. <laughs> at five, we got to count Kyle. Or yep. are we not counting me? We're no, not counting we're... Kyle. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't jump on the. I can't jump on the being mean to Kyle bandwagon. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, I think I think Montreal just seems like a really good time. Well, I I think Toronto's going to happen. You think Jay's going to Toronto? Yeah, I think we're going to try to make that work. Really? Yeah, and if you guys, the eighteen fans that live in Toronto, want to help, let us know. But um, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to pull another one off. We're gonna try to pull a Calgary off for Jay coming to Toronto. So yeah, so you're not gonna believe this. So we show up to the hotel, okay, to check in, 
And uh, the power is out through half of it. Nice. Because it's in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. So thankfully, they still use uh, diesel pin, pen and tumbler keys. Oh, okay. Because you can imagine how that would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, it was insane. I, I was, like, shaking my head going, I'm paying this insane amount of money for this room, and there's no power. This is awesome. Is this the very nice room that KYT stayed yes. at? Yes. And what type of hotels do KYT stay at? He stayed at the same yeah. hotel that we did. He had exactly the same room style that we did. Except that we stayed there for, like, four days. Oh, and he stayed there when there was power. <laughs> and he stayed yeah. there where there was power. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully, power was up by the time we got back from dinner that night, but, wow, it was just, it was a thing. Unbelievable. So, so that was our weekend. Um, Did you go golfing? Because I know there was this whole debate about golf. Yeah, so here's what happened. Okay. Um, so we went to golf. Okay. And I went with Tegan, who was another... Tegan was the guy that got stuck with the uh, Chinese food credit card game bill. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so he was with me, he's also in the wedding party, and he doesn't golf either. So we went, and uh, and so we both show up, and he's like, I'm not golfing, I'm driving a cart. And Jay's like, fine, fuck you, whatever. But I don't get off so easy. So I start to do some math, and I'm like, okay, like I know I'm bad at golf. I'm like, what are the rules? As soon as I'm out of balls in my bag, I can't play anymore? Sweet. Okay. <laughs> so like, I know that I don't have golf shoes. I'm in flip-flops. I know that I'm going to have to rent clubs, which is going to cost money, and I'm going to have to pay for a cart, and I'm going to have to pay for a fucking round, and I'm going to have to buy like three boxes of balls to finish the course. So I look at him, and I'm like, you want me to do this? He's like, fuck, I don't care. Do what you want. And I look at him, and I'm like, honestly, I said, I will caddy for you. I will fucking drive you around. I will pick up your ball. I will get you your clubs. And you will, like, not have to do a goddamn thing. I will even keep score and shave strokes for you. He goes, I can't really argue with that. I said, get it. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. So we went. So our little foursome was uh, Tegan and I and Jay and Steve Domaluski, um, who was at GP Calgary as well. And so he showed up, and Jay and Steve golfed, and um, and then Tegan caddied for him, and I, te- I I caddied for Jay, and it was awesome. We had like these amazingly outlandish hats and attire, and the pictures that that will go up eventually are just hilarious. Um, so yeah, we I was uh, Reginald all day, ac- according to Jay, and he was like, "Good show, Reginald," and uh, it was it was awesome. What was Tegan's name? I don't know. Uh, really... Stephen Tegan didn't uh, didn't really get into it like Jay and I did. So he was like a worse caddy. So yep. you beat him at caddying. Oh, I fucking I XO'd the caddying. Jesus, I was like XO all weekend. Like you could have called me XO. <laughs> but yeah, it was sweet. So, uh, so yeah, that's you know basically what? what we did. XO is actually appropriate. Yeah, that's what you call the second in command on a ship. Oh, you were the best man. That's like an XO gig. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's uh, so that was that was the weekend, and uh, and then we flew back. And travel was great. Flights were fine, and we had like a sweet fucking last meal at the airport. With Kyt, the wife and I, and that was good. Yeah, and uh, then we left. So uh, last question: White girl wasted? No. 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 <laughs> no. No. But I that was, was the plan. I was pretty sober. I drank a lot, though. I drank yeah. a fuck ton. 
Yeah. I don't think I've seen that out of KYT. No. We'll get we'll get fucking sloppy in uh in well, I'm gonna get now, I can guarantee you that at GP Montreal in 2014, KYT and I will be sloppy. I think everyone will be. I can guarantee you that the two of us will be sloppy. I, I intend to ensure that KYT will not attend day two. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it to Jay. I'm going to do it to you. You're next. The trick, though, is don't wuss out like Jay. You got to show up. You got to no. show up. You got to be in your chair for the start of the round. You don't have to win anything, but you have to show up. <laughs> you don't give that guy a buy round. Well, you do give him a buy round, but you don't make him like just like sit there for 10 minutes wondering like where his opponent is and how fortunate <laughs> he is. Right. You sit there and you show up sloppy hungover, stinking of last night's booze. You try and make cute conversation and discuss the guy with your breath. You lose summarily, and then you're free to do whatever you want. That's how you do it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to keep my day two streak alive, but uh, if uh, if Scott has a plan, I'm not. I'm. I'm <laughs> what well, I got pretty hammered last GP, and I was able to crawl my way. Out yeah, of you had like a you had a ridiculously stupid deck. You were playing a Cascade deck with like a million burn spells and Geist of Saint Trap. Like, <laughs> I'm hoping to play a stupid deck again. So, yeah, it's sealed though. Is it it's, sealed in Montreal? It's sealed in Montreal also. Yeah, so we've got we've got uh, Thero sealed in. Uh, Toronto, and then in Montreal we've got Theros Born of the God Sealed. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Which I actually think is going to be fine, because I'm, I intend to put a little bit of effort into planning, like, at least training for this yeah. uh, event. I, uh, I, I'm gunslinging uh, at the Theros pre-release, so that's okay. going to be pretty sweet. So I, I'm going to get a lot of practice playing the, uh, the, the limited format. And then in addition, um, I'm, my son and I have already talked about it. He's coming, too, to Toronto. Oh, cause awesome. He wants, yeah, because he wants to hang out with like all of Kyle's kids and stuff, So like Avery and the boys. So, so he's coming down, and, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to like use the box to practice a bunch of sealed. Okay. And like map out the packs and like then at, like at, at, as we open them and then all that sort of chat. So so and then we can like redraft the packs afterwards or like re reseal them afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty awesome. We're pretty excited. Um and then that way we'll have a bunch of experience with the with that format and then when Born of the Gods comes out, uh I won't be totally behind the eight ball. I am really excited for Born of the Gods. Um, I got a wonderful opportunity at PAX this weekend, you know, why I didn't come down there and randomly crash a wedding, um, is because, yeah, I was at PAX and they had the, the magic party, the Theros party. So you kind of like got to see all of like the crazy cards and all everything that's been up on the spoilers, but you also got to talk to like all these people and a very, very drunk Jeremy Schofield, uh, somewhere in the range of seven scotches. Oh God. Uh, um, got into a wonderful discussion with Dave Humphreys and some random guy from Seattle who seemed really cool. And we bought each other drinks and I don't know his name and he's really cool. I know he plays magic. Um, so we all started <laughs> talking and uh, apparently I think Humphreys is the lead design for 
Born in the Gods. Oh, okay. And his last two sets were that he lead designed was Gate Crash, which was all about turning things sideways, which is something I'm pretty decent at doing. Uh-huh. And then Avacyn Restored, which, you know, a lot of people really begged, but um, I had some success with it. So <laughs> I'm just excited because I just I like the way he built that set, apparently. So, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun just like seeing everybody and like everyone was there, like Helene was there. And she was kind of like doing the dancing thing. She had like a, a, a flibit. How do you pronounce that little guy's name from Totally Lost? I don't know how to totally pronounce lost. it, but it's a it, yeah, the flip, flip, yeah, something like that. Yeah, double fit. Um, yeah, so she had one that she was dancing around with, but like uh, all the community cup guys were there. So like I, I met Reed Duke and I met his brother, which was really sweet. Um, all the community cup guys, they were sitting with the trophy, drinking out of it and having a good time. Uh, Kenji and I bought many, many drinks together. It was yes. a lot of fun. Good. So, uh, got to see a bunch of him. Nathan Holt was, you know, it was, it was just really cool to like get to chat with everybody. Like I had a wonderful chat with, uh, Marshall. So it was just awesome. Uh, Aaron Forsyth is a legend. Um, man can certainly drink. So he's an honorary Canadian in my books. Um, <laughs> He uh, was, he had a ice, you know, like an ice scoop. Yeah. I don't know what the whole story behind the ice scoop was, but he uh, uh, had uh, pulled it out and tried to use it as a weapon with Jan Diesel, like a diesel guy. Um, And uh, they were having a lot of fun. I don't know what the deal with the thing was. All I know is that a very, very uh, well imbibed, Aaron Forsyth was walking around with an ice uh, cube scoop. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, they had the video, they had the spoilers, they do the party up all nice, and it's all, you know, kind of like Greek feeling, and they're making tokens for people. And yeah, it was a really, really awesome time. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. you got to see uh, all of the Theros mythos unfold in front of you. Yes, yes. Like, well, you walk into the party and, like, you have to line up outside and do all that nonsense. And then you kind of get inside. And as you're, like, walking in the door, they've got, like, a giant, like, full-size standee of, like, the Elspeth card. So everyone, like, kind of, like, the whole line, like, kind of, like, does this, like, everyone moves in and then they all just stop. And it's, like, really awkward traffic because, like, everyone sees this and then everyone stops. And then we all start going again. Go, 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 go. Get up the stairs. Oh, there's another set of spoilers. So... They started to do a little bit better because they were spacing them out, so it wasn't kind of like this one line that goes inside and just keeps getting stopped by people gawking at the spoilers. But, like, got to see the Thoughtseize, got to see, like, the uh, uh, the Cerberus, got to see Elspeth. Um, they did, like, the, the trailer for the set. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. Um, I know it's out. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it. They're getting really good at them. They're getting mm-hmm. really good at it. Like, it's, it's, it's put together really well. Um, it really kind of talks about what the whole overall story arc of the the block is. Uh, kind of like leads into a lot of that. So just some really, really cool parts there. Uh, Worth Wolpert DJed the event. Oh, he was cool. really awesome at it. So like that was really cool. Um, yeah, and then just like infinite Wizards people. And it was just a lot of fun. And they had a whole bunch of stuff going on for the PAX weekend. Like they had the world building panel, which was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they had like a, a lot of the the creative folks there, so not necessarily anyone in card design or anything like that, but um, 
the guy who wrote all like the escapist novels, the woman who's doing the same for Theros. So a lot of like the story and the lore and the flavor people who were there. And it was just like really cool to hear them talking about how the set comes out and how like, you know, they kind of want to tell the story, but they're not allowed to tell the story because it spoils a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it was just a lot of fun to kind of pick up on that stuff. And then they had like their big booth. So I went through and did the duels of the planeswalker thing to get my Elspeth pins and managed to get my hands on a couple from the vault twenties. So nice. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a really, really, you know, fun time with that. And then just packs in general, because you've got tons of people cramming into a small space where they cough and then you get the plague and you come home and you feel rather lousy about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, in order for that to happen, usually a lot of cool stuff has happened. So I got to do a lot of board games, got to see a lot of, you know, generic video game stuff that's not magic related. Therefore, we're not going to talk about it because it ain't Star Wars. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, spoilers. Can we talk about some? Yeah, it's obvious. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So as at, at the time of recording, according to both MTG Salvation and Mythic Spoiler, which we will be using for the purposes of this so we can actually see all the cards and admire the sweet-ass artwork, uh, there are 101 cards that are spoiled. MTG Salvation's at 102. Fuck my life. Yeah. What's missing? Triton Fortune Hunter. Okay, so let's look at yeah. that one first. Yeah, that'll be the first one we talk about, because it's the only one as, on the other side. As long as, like, not someone just, like, leaked the one I'm supposed to spoil in a few No, days. no, That's it's cool. not it. <laughs> um, Triton Fortune Hunter is blue 2 for a 2-2 creature merfolk soldier, heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Triton Fortune Hunter, draw a card. Basic, That's pretty cool. Basically, just fine. Um... All the creatures in this block are 2-2. And if they're not, then they're good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just start there. It's the bear block. Okay. Um, Alright, so that's good. So now we can go back to Mythic Spoiler. Uh, Should we talk about the five gods real quick? Um, And just kind of like chime in on them? And then we can each pick what we, you know, the card we're most excited about? Or should we just do like the gods of planeswalkers, then pick a card? I like that. I like the second. Okay, so let's do that. All right, so we'll start with Heliod, God of the Sun. Um, It's white three for a five, six indestructible. Legendary enchantment creature, God. (laughs) As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. Other creatures you control have vigilance. And for white, white, white two, you can put a two, one white cleric enchantment creature token on the battlefield. Um, Fun God fact. Yeah. Legendary enchantment creature god almost didn't make the cut because not fitting it on the bar in English, but in other languages. Oh, they awesome. thought that Germany or German was going to crush them, but apparently they were able to shortcut something. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So I don't think this guy's excellent. Like his five six stats are probably fine, but when you look at him compared to the other gods, I'm I, I really think he's like one of the worst of the bunch. Probably uh... like third or fourth worst. I, I like it's the devotion part is like such a big deal with these guys. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to for me to tell. I have to see like the whole shell. What what do you get out of an enchantment from this guy? Yeah, so so there's two ways to evaluate it, right? So number yeah. one is is you have to analyze him just as an as an enchantment, and then you also have to analyze the implication of him actually being a creature. And yeah. then in order to to analyze the creature implication, you have to analyze 
what cards are going to be most often played to turn this guy on. Yeah. So, like, in Heliod's case, you're looking at cards like Boros Reckoner seem like a pretty good card to potentially turn Heliod on, you know? So, like, is he going to be really good in, like, is he a Boros card? Or is he, like, a White Weenie card? Like, you've got Fiendslayer Paladin, which can be really good with this guy. Like, giving that guy Vigilance is probably pretty good. Um, I just... His ability more lends himself to a control type of matchup, though, like, by putting in, like, an enchantment that makes creatures. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like a K-Post effect, but, like, yeah. it's four mana for a 2-1, like... So expensive. For a 2-1 yeah. Vigilance, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I'm not excited about this guy. I'm sure he'll be fine in a grindy limited matchups, but, like, I'm not really excited to see this guy in, the, in uh, Constructed. Yeah. All right. Next. Okay, I think it's also the easiest god to kill because of the white thing that agree, kills. Agree, yeah. agree. Okay, so we'll talk about the color hoses afterwards. All right, KYT, uh, your take on Heliod? Anything else? Um, not not excited, just... just uh, exci- I mean, I can see it being good, uh, as Jeremy mentioned, in, in the slow, really slow control mirror that definitely puts you over the... Like, once you guys, like, both hit, like, eight mana and you have this in play, you're just putting four power into play every turn and, and pressuring your opponent uh, sure. in a turn. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, not, not one of my favorites, definitely not one of my favorite gods. And, and in limited, I think this is in Jeremy, am I mistaken? This is an easy first pick. Uh, I, I think right. I would first yeah. pick this. Yeah. I yeah, think I you say. have to first pick any God and then yeah. go deep on the color. Like I, I, this is especially true. I think of green because green is the one with the, tr- uh, they've got a triple, a triple green rare, like, there's just a lot of... Well, I can even remember just first picking, like, what is it called, Centaur Glade or whatever like that, the enchantment where you just make centaurs with it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I you know, it wasn't a great first pick, but, like, the the upsides that you get out of these, like, the gods are obviously just nutty and, and limited because of, you know, hitting devotion is going to be way easier to do in those types of things. Like, some of the gods that are, like, you'll never expect them to be creatures are always going to be creatures in limited environments just because, like, having permanence on the board is kind of like it's what limited's all about now. True. So that's a really good point. Uh, uh Hilliard, third best control god. Sure. <laughs> um I'm saving um so I want to save uh the red and the black ones for last because I think that the two best ones. So okay. uh, yeah so we're so uh either one of the other two guys one of you just jump in go ahead. So that's I'll, a, I'll... out of the seat. Oh whoa, whoa. Hey, you damn interrupt. it Interrupt. Interrupt. <laughs> Classic. God of the sea. Two and a blue. Fuck, Under- I don't want the green one. <laughs> you got the green one. Uh, indestructible. It's got the devotion thing. Beginning of your upkeep. Scry one. Colorless and a blue. Target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. And it's a 5-5. Five, five. So, this was the first one that got spoiled. Yep. And... I've been having a lot of debates with friends as to whether or not we think this card is any good. Where we've decided that it fits is in either some sort of like weird control deck, where again, I think it's the second best god for a control deck, um, because the scry and not the the target creature you control can't be blocked. Like maybe you get like a weird end game, but like in order to actually hit devotion on this guy, like you need a lot of crazy things to happen. Like yeah. this is like the least likely creature or the least least likely to become a creature, I think. In constructed or in limited? Constructed. Sure. Okay. So, so that said, I agree with you because it doesn't nat- naturally lend itself to permanence. Now, that said, like Tidebinder Mage is going to be a really good card in that deck. 
Yeah. Um, um, also, Dustmantle Seer. Yeah. I think, and this guy is like, you know, like that card has seen play, but it hasn't seen success. And maybe this is a tool to help it get that one step further because of all the scry stuff that's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, what I really like about Thassa, and I think the only thing that makes that like really adds to the remotely playable bit is the fact that she does only cost three mana. Yeah, that's true. So the fact that you can drop this down on turn three and you can just like start the scrying to start filtering through, I think incrementally this card will be pretty good. Um, but I mean, like maybe it's best and best at home in a tempo deck. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like maybe this is, maybe she's just absurd in the scroll thief deck, you know, like maybe that's a thing that happens. And we just all of a sudden start playing all of these, like, you know, pilferers or, or sabotagers or whatever saboteurs and you just like draw a million cards like maybe that's a thing so uh, yeah. what i what i do like is that her ability to like make people unblockable works really well with her equipment which is the bident of thassa which is blue blue two legendary enchantment artifact whenever creature you control deals combat damage to a player you may draw a card and then two blue two and a blue tap creatures your opponents control attack this turn available i think the fact that you can like you get the coastal piracy effect out of that with yeah. the unblockable is pretty sweet synergy, and I expect that we'll see some pretty sweet stuff moving forward on the rest of it too. Yeah, like I want to put Cloudfin Raptors and yeah. you know, like annoying like green like blue guys like again like the blue guy who taps down green guys like just kind of like this like weird fishy thing. <laughs> um, there's uh, in this set there's a Scry Boomerang or not Boomerang an Unsummoned Scry type card. Yeah, so like. You know, and then I, the Dusk Mantle Seer, I just, I really want to play with that card. I actually just really want to play a lot of blue-black um, after seeing everything that's going yeah, on, especially yeah. after, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah, especially after the big, <laughs> the big black god, god of my heart. Um, no, no, I'm not talking about that one. Oh. More foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, no, no, that too, I know, I know. Um, what I do like is, like, we're really going to, so Frostburn Weird is a card that I yep. think is really going to uptake um, just based on the fact that it's going to turn on both Perforos and Thassa. Um, and Frostbird Weird is just a generally good card anyway, I think, in that style of deck because it gives you that, you know, you can, like, pump it up to 4-1 or whatever and then just make it unblockable and get through. So I think I think these are all things to consider moving forward. Yeah, is, it like, is this, like, a random weird card to put in, like, some sort of crazy Travis Wu? Is it, yeah. like, Nivik like... <laughs> Cyclops <laughs> like, maybe. is back, baby. Maybe, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. So we're we're all seeing a lot of potential in this one. Yep. I mean, I I was reading um PV's tweet uh tweeted and it made me think like how much um how much scry would equal drawing a card. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not sure I have an answer. It's got to be He seems to think it's like 4. I don't think it's quite 4. I think 2 2 to 3 is I think fairly reasonable for my opinion. So, um, so you would rather, so you would rather scry four than draw a card. That seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. What do you think, Jeremy? You're like, uh, I, I, uh. it's it's a tough question. Like, it's it it's too too situational. I think I, I don't know. I just I I think that scry versus draw is just too too situational. Yeah, they should have just really reprinted Preordain in the set. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> and then we have both, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, 
Drop us with the big green broad. I don't want this guy. All right, I'll do it. Nalia, god of the hunt. <laughs> green three, six, six, legendary enchantment creature god. Uh, indestructible. As long as your devotion to green is less than five, it's not a creature. Other creatures you control have trample. Note this says other creatures you control. Yeah. Not Broken her. if all. Broken at all. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a fucking... That's a lost opportunity right there. And then three and a green target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Like, I, I'm pretty sure the only thing that this god has going for it is the fact that it itself is a 6-6. Six, six. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like this at all. I think it's heavily costed, and I like as far as the abilities go, and it doesn't even have trample itself, so I'm not happy. Maybe the best limited god? I don't know. The red one's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now the one thing is, again, like you see the synergy with her ability, with her um, equipment. Uh, the bow of Nylea, green, green, one legendary enchantment artifact. Attacking creatures you control have death touch. So, like, if all of the creatures have death, have if all of your guys have trample, and then when they attack, they have death touch. That's pretty good. Yeah, because you just like kill all your shit. Um, isn't this and your face? Most, isn't this the most likely? To hit, okay, I don't know what rotates out actually, because you know there's that crazy elf deck that's currently uh, in standard. Um, uh, most of that elf deck will disappear, I think. Okay, yeah, okay. So Eight mana guys hard. leave, right? So no! now that said, though, that said, we still have burning tree emissary. Yep. Right. So there's that, and then we've got the rubble rubble belt raiders. Right, right. We still have elvish mystic from M14. Yep. Yep. So. This, I don't think it's the best. Like, isn't the blue one the crazy limited one? Like, just unblockable your team? Or, I like, think so. your, big, your biggest guy? This, this is kind of the same thing. Like, trample and having, like, a weird, like, pump stick. And the fact yeah, that it's probably right. going to be a 6-6, six, six, like, way more than the other one. Like, But the other one is way cheaper. You can, like, make two of your biggest guys. Mana. Whoa! <laughs> I think what we're finding is that in, in green... I think green has the highest concentration of, like, fat guys. Yeah. So I think that's where it's going to balance. Because, like, if you can give all your fat guys fucking trample, then that's probably right, fine. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, whereas, like, giving all your blue one-power guys unblockable is kind of like, yeah. Like, yeah, well, giving or trample two power. is terrible. They, they, they all have, you know, two power, because, like you said, <laughs> they're all bears. Yeah. Merfolk bear. I hope we get a Mer- Merfolk bear. Don't we have one? Uh, no, I mean like actual creature type merfolk bear. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's reaching. Cool. Okay, it's a bit of reach. All right, so we all agree that she's fucking terrible. Uh, like the yes. worst, the worst of the bunch, probably. Yeah, easily the the fifth best control planeswalker. <laughs> control. <laughs> all right. Uh, so which one? So KYT, pick one of the last. I'll take the red one since you guys love the black one so much. I, uh, but I can't even pronounce either of these guys. This is like Perforos? Yeah, Perforos. Perforos. God of the Forge. Three colorists, one red, indestructible. As long as your devotion, two red is less than five. Perforos isn't a creature. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. And its ability is two colorless, one red. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Um. So he's retarded. Is he? <laughs> I don't know about retarded. The, listen, the two damage to each opponent is retarded. Like the deck that you're going to play this guy in, 
That ability is fucking stupid. I will say this is the best two-headed giant god. <laughs> yeah, not close. <laughs> Each opponent, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm very... Yeah, this guy scares me. This guy is... He's got the biggest price tag so far of the gods, and I'm not remotely surprised as to why. Red-green is already a viable strategy, as we've seen from Block, um, and they're all running cards like... Um, Rakdos, you know, the, the the aggressive decks are running, like, Cackler into Emissary, into, like, it's going to be very easy to turn this guy on, oh, right. and the explosive Reckoner, starts right. are going to be... Right, like, it's yeah. going to be stupid. You can play, like, Mono Red and just go off with this. Now, do you feel like this card actually takes Chandra's spot in that deck? Yeah, yeah. Like, because, like, it has, like, a little bit of a Planeswalker. Like, all the gods have, like, a little bit of, like, a weird, like, Planeswalker feel. In that, like, you know, the way that they affect the board is not, you know, they're as much as they're creature cards, they're, they're enchantments, and they're enchantments that do multiple things, so. And then they randomly turn into dudes, so they're all kind of like these weird Gideons. Right, yeah. right. So, I don't know. This guy looks really cool. And yeah, I guess, like, if you cast him and you manage to, like, squeak, like, an extra, like, six points of damage out of him, like, he's done the same job as, like, a Hellrider, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I, I'm really curious how they these decks play out. Just how, how often, like, the one thing that makes me curious is how often you're going to hit Devotion uh, with all of these gods. Well, let me tell you. Ash Zealot? Hmm, true. Into Reckoner, into this guy. Right. Why would you play Ash Zealot? Why not? It's got a red, red haste. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems that seems fair. Um, is it still the best one? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I miss flashback already. Yeah. Okay, Sky, give us the black one. Oh, he's so hot, uh, sexy. Erebos, god of the dead. <laughs> black three. Indestructible. Devotion 5, or he's not a guy. 5-7. Blocks all your gods all day. Your opponents can't gain life. Nice Sphinx's Revelation, brah. <laughs> nice Angel of Thune, brah. Black 1, pay 2 life, colon. Draw a card. They realized that they made a mistake when they printed Greed, the <laughs> enchantment. Yeah. And they needed to make it cost one more per activation. But in exchange, it's indestructible, potentially a guy, and your opponents can't gain life. I'm not really a traditional proponent of power creep, but there it is. <laughs> one mana seems fair for a trade-off of being able to smash your sky in the face with greed. Yeah. I've this... never actually played a format with greed. Was it broken? Yes. Okay. Pain life to draw cards? Yes. I think they, they, they determined that that is a broken effect. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, Drain Life and Dark Ritual were also in the format at the same time. Just saying. Um, it was like Necropotence before Necropotence. Or was it after Necropotence? Did you get the idea? So what's the that card in the format moving forward? Corrupt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have Corrupt. Um, Uh-oh. Is Mono Black Control finally back? I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> no. But, but let me I don't tell think you. you can say that. But let me tell Fuck. you, Night Veil vale Spectre 
is yeah. actually going to quickly become one of the most unreal cards in the format. Even LSV has said that the power of, of Night Vale Spectre is not to be underestimated in this new format. Yeah. Uh, A, because of the fact that it turns on Devotion for the blue and black, but also just because its ability to like steal spells is fucking awesome. And it's a 2-3, which blocks all your bears all day. Wow, Cards yeah. dumb. Yeah, and it's going to turn this guy on? Like, yeah. This guy turns me on. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> oh! no, no more Sphinx's Revelations and shit? Like, that stuff's just done. See, um, I would just play Sphinx's Revelation with him. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's where this guy, this guy, this guy gets my best control god. Without question. Yeah. Without because I, I, I pay life, I draw cards, I swing his revelation, I play again. Oh, and my blood barons of Viscopa also here. Ooh. Take that. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what his equipment's gonna be and hopefully it doesn't suck terribly. It'd be really sweet if it makes people discard cards though. Man, this guy's also so fat. I know, back. it's what I'm saying. Five seven? What yep. the fuck? Yeah. Indestructible? Yep. Holy. All day. So yeah, so that those are the gods. Very excited about some of them. Less so about others. But uh get them while you can. Star City Games is we'll have Erebos up at like thirty fucking dollars, so just wait. Uh do we talk about Elspeth Sun's champion last week? Yeah, we wouldn't have been able because got spoiled at oh, the yeah. PAX party. Sweet, okay, okay. So, Jeremy, why don't you take this one? Do I have to? <sighs> KYT, do it. Um, I'm trying to find <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm Elspeth, Suns Champion, four colorless, double white. Uh, Elspeth standing there with her sword spear thing. Artwork we've seen. Yeah. Planeswalker, Elspeth. Surprise. Mythic, another surprise. Uh, plus one. Put three one one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. Not minus two like Elspeth Terrell. Plus yeah. one. Yeah, so she gets bigger when she puts three guys into play. Minus Seriously? three. <laughs> what? Three dudes. Seriously? Three dudes. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Minus three. Destroy all creatures with power four or greater. What was the name of that card? Retribution of the Meek. Uh, yeah. Yeah, was that it? Except that I think it was casting cost of three or greater. I don't know. Uh, I thought there was one that did this. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Like you can come into she, you can cast her, you can kill all the four power stuff, and she's still alive. So that's kind of neat that they have a wrath effect that the mm. planeswalker doesn't just like immediately sacrifice himself to do. Uh, and then yep. retribution of the meek is the spell, and it's from visions, and it's white too. Yeah. Okay. Good. And then the minus seven is another emblem. You get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and half flying. So, minus seven, like, I guess it kind of seems far-fetched, but at the same time, you have roadblocks for days when you're pumping this one up. Yeah. Um, And starts at four loyalty. I think the reason that they put that in there is so that you can eventually actually close the game with all of your 1-1 white soldier tokens. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't know what to think about this card. Uh, a lot of people are talking about playing it as a uh, one of the finishers in blue-white. Yeah, it would be something like... It would be a one-of type card. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't see you playing multiples of this. I mean, it's six-drop. Like, it feels like Elspeth Terrell to me. 
Yeah, but I, I, I like I like her better. Like I I actually like this better than Elspeth Terrell. I, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely no more than a than a one of maybe two if that's what you want to do. Like if you're running a deep control deck with like sparse wind conditions and you want one to one on the board, then that's fine. I just don't see why you'd play this over Etherling though. If you had a if you had to choose. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I think it's it's a nice card. If you get it in limited, you'll win a lot of games. Um, but I, I'm not excited for it to construct it. KOT? Same here. I'm just like, it seems pretty narrow. Could be a sideboard card against... Um, against... Because Etherling, you don't want it against the aggro decks, whereas this, you can top out to this. Just like how you sort of... Um, how Garrick, Primal Hunter, is fine against aggro because you sort of trade spells in the early going, and then you have one thing at the top end that just, like, pushes you, like, gives you incremental advantage, and then win the game from there. And I could see that being the case, so he can just, like, raft the board, a uh, she, rather, raft the board, or just stabilize um, with the tokens. So I, I could see that, but a very uh, narrow, it doesn't, not very impressive in the control uh, mirror. Yeah. Okay. Um, KYT, why don't you give us the Brian Kibler special? The Brian Kibler special? Yeah. Xenogos the Reveler? Yeah, it's the one. The okay. villain of the story. Elspeth's so, the hero of the story. He's the villain of the story. This guy's absolutely insane. So he starts with three loyalty counters. He's got a plus one. Add X mana in any combination of red and green to your mana pool where X is the number of creatures you control, which is crazy. Reminds me of the first Garrick Wildspeaker. Uh, zero, put a 2-2 two, two red and green s- satyr? I, I want I even it makes me want to pronounce it satire creature token with haste onto the battlefield and minus six exile the satyr, yeah satyr. exile the top seven cards of your library you may put any number of creature and or land cards from among them into the battlefield, wow wow, every every ability is just absolutely ridiculous i think <laughs> it's like yeah it's got yeah the mana ramp it's got make dudes and it's got genesis wave i think that where we're at with this and the four casting cost and three loyalty is an interesting tension yeah um the fact that you don't want to like if you need to protect yourself with this guy you need to play him and put in you do something to protect himself you're gonna put a guy on the table to block and then he just eats a lightning. What are they calling it now? Uh, yeah, lightning shockers. Lightning strike. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that are playing along at home, lightning strike is in Theros. It's the name of the card, and it's functionally searing spear. So, um, so we have that. Um, so that that I'm a little bit off on. Um, I'm just. I know this guy's really good. Like, there's no question. Like, those abilities are very, very powerful, and if you can find him in like 65% of conceivable board states that you would play him in. Like you're not going to put him in a deck where he's not going to be good. And like, I I think like 65, 70% of the time, maybe that you play him, you're going to be able to like get use out of one of his abilities to absurd use. Like maybe you're stabilizing the board and now you just start vomiting out these two, two guys that just start lobbing at his head. Maybe that happens. Maybe you're, gonna play him and then instantly ramp like six lands to fucking drop a bomb like maybe that happens too but i don't know there's still gonna be those situations where he's just gonna be terrible 
And and like Domirate's the same sort of thing. Like Domirate is very powerful, but at the same time, he's so reliant on the rest of your deck. And I think this guy's going to fall into that camp. That said, you're also going to find the interesting tension of people trying to balance the number of these versus Domirates. And that's going to be tough, too. So, I don't know. I like him, but... I think that this guy goes in, like, the massive creature deck. I think him and Domirate are going to be BFFs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, like, six to eight is fine for these guys. Like, I think you could jam a whole bunch of them and just, like, no spells and just go crazy with the creatures. Um... I feel like you always want to be doing his plus one. I feel like that is how he defends himself. If you're making a 2-2 creature with him, I feel like you're just not going to get any good value out of him because, like, there's just... I, I can't foresee, you know, like, where you want this guy in your curve and everything like that. You want that plus one to be dropping, like, another creature on the board that's better than a 2-2 or dropping, like, a Domi raid to, like, fight one of his guys or doing something like that because, yeah, if you're making the 2-2 the creature... You're leaving him at three, and three is just not a good place to be. Mm. Uh, but I think I think the minus six does enough crazy stuff to, you know, kind of close out a game in a way. And I think that the plus one is just going to give you like this like nutty nutty ramp that's going to be able to like you're going to be able to cast him and follow it up with a creature. And I think that's like really powerful. So does this guy go in like the new Jund? Like there's that the Exava Colonian Hydra style Jund. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah, like, the, that that deck right now is too much of, like, a goldfish deck. Because it's, like, it's it's kind of like this, like, weird creature combo deck where it's, like, I need to hit Exava, I need to hit this, and I need to hit that. And if I do that, I can kill you on turn five consistently. Uh, but when you start to get cards like this, then you can kind of, like, maybe bring it back, put some better creatures in there in general, so that when you are, you know, getting out these things that you're just, you're just creating, like, win or, you know, kill it or lose threats every turn, and I, I just, having that little bit of ramp on him is just so good, I think. Like, I, I just, I really like him. Like, I love the fact that I can cast, you know, him and maybe plus one and hit two, which, in the type of deck that I'd want to play him in, I'm hoping that I'm always going to get two when I plus one him. So that I get that Garrick Wildspeaker that KYT was talking about. But, like, what if I curve out awesome and I get three mana off of him? Sure. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I spent my four drop and cast a three drop. Like, that is like a Planeswalker Burning Tree Emissary. Yep. Right. Which is pretty sweet. So, I don't know. I'm really excited about this guy. Like, if you like turning things sideways, like, I think this guy is, like, just awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm in love with this guy. Absolutely in love with this guy. Like, we're in a spot where Elspeth is easily the worst Planeswalker that we've seen in this set. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've already called my local game store and pre-ordered two boxes, so... Yeah. Like, How much is this guy going for, Scott? Um, you want the Star City Games pre-order, or you want the TCG mid? Star City Games pre-order, hit me up. What, what about what about the what about the Fasa Fast? Don't they have pre-orders? I don't know if they're up yet. It might be. All right, we should check. Yeah, we should. They'd probably appreciate that. Doing this for you, Peter. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Theros block, Theros. Okay, yeah, okay. Hold on, we got something. We got something here. Je um, fasse fasse. Oh, these pre-orders are actually really good. So Xenagos is going for $35 pre-order right now. Yeah, it seems right. He's really, yeah. But I mean, I don't think he's going to stay that high. Like, thank you, wait. No. On him, and you can scoop him up around 25, and that's probably correct. Um, Thass is at 20. Perforos is at 25. 
Nalia is at 12. Heliod is at 9.79, and Erebos is at 22.99. Elspeth is at 21.99. That's really high. Yeah. Only $1 less than the last Planeswalker, which was just released today. And this artwork is fucking sick. Everything about this card is sick. Ashiok, Nightmare Weaver, Black, Blue, One, starting three loyalty. Three mana, three loyalty. Plus two. Exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. You play this on turn three, it goes to five loyalty. Yep. Minus now what X. are you going to do with those exiled cards? Minus X. Put a creature card with converted mana cost X, exiled with Ashiok Nightmare Weaver, onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a nightmare in addition to its other types. So even against aggro, you can, like, plus two him, go to five, and then play a four drop for free. Imagine it's a Boros Reckoner, and you play that for free, and you still have Ashiok on the table and a Boros Reckoner. Seems pretty good. Nightmare Merfolk Bear. Minus ten. Exile all cards from all opponents' hands and graveyards. I'm having an identity crisis. You get to identity crisis <laughs> all of your opponents. Oh god, I'm so excited for, to to if I get one of these in our two-headed giant pool, I'm going to just like happy dance all day, all day. Like it, it, this card is just like, and it's crazy because it's like, okay, well, it's obviously you know anti-creature, but no, this is this is. This is what they gave us to replace Nevalia Drownyard. And you don't even have to, like, tap the mana at the end of turn to Drownyard the guy. You don't have to be doing that whole, like, huh, is it correct to tap out to Drownyard this guy? Is he going to do some sort of instant trick? Nope, you don't care, because on your main step, you go Drownyard you. And then it's like, oh, there's your bomb. Okay, I'll take one of those. I could use it right now. Yep. Or you just keep ticking it up because you're going to Drownyard the guy, and then eventually it's just like, yeah, I feel like just closing out this game will just alt your face. Yep. Unreal. This card's very, very good. And I think, like, three mana is such a big deal, because, like, it fits in, like, this beautiful part in the curve. Like, you can kill something the turn before with, like, a Doomblade or whatever they call it these days. (laughs) It's Doomblade. Yeah, okay, it's Doomblade. So you kill something with the Doomblade, you drop this guy, and then on turn four, you just, like, go back to killing things. Like, against the mono red deck, okay, you're in a bad spot, but still, like... Five is still a lot. Then it's just like, oh no, you'll just have to wait till turn seven when you have infinite land. Shucks. Yeah. You know what other card you can still play in this deck? What? Uh. Shit. Okay. No. Um. Night Veil Spectre. Night Veil Spectre is good in this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the card. I just had a brain fart, but yeah. Card's very good. Play the new uh the new Augurabolus. And the Nightmare Weaver. So, okay. So let's talk quickly about some new cards that are very exciting. And this guy's only at 22. Yeah. I might actually get some of those. Because that seems... uh, (laughs) (laughs) KYT, have you loaded up our credit yet? This is my favorite Androgynous Planeswalker. Androgynous? (laughs) Okay. 
I'll do the exciting cards, the other exciting cards. We talked about, you mentioned Omen Speaker. Card right, Jeremy? Good. Yeah. When, for uh, basically Agribolus, except that instead of looking at the top three and, and trying to get a instant sorcery, you get to scry two, which is pretty damn solid. I think so. Mm-hmm. Two mana, one three. Yep. Human wizard. What's not to like? I think scry two. I, I think I prefer scry two to the Agribolus. Like, uh, I so think I like this card better than Augur. I think I do also. Um. What I like about it specifically is that if you need to, you can find a land with it. And land drops are the most important thing you can do in the mirror. So important. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's awesome. Sorry, be right back buying tons of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, again, like, Augur. So while we're on the scry kick, yeah. Can we please talk about how fucking unbelievably amazing it is that they reprinted Magma Jet in this set? Yes. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Fucking in the world full of bears, the instant speed bear killer that lets you scry two is king. <laughs> Magma Jet, for those of you that are new to the game, is red one instant. Magma Jet deals two damage to target creature or player, scry two. Straight up, just that simple. Artwork's insane, foils will be dumb. Uh, this is the go-to non-kill card. Like, this will be everywhere. In a world filled with bears, one instant, one spell can defeat them all. (laughs) And then Lightning Strike also is in the format? Like, it's in the same set? Yeah. Like, (laughs) so much power. And Flame Speaker Adept to go along with it? 2-3, 2-3, which is already sick. Red 2, whenever you scry, Flame Speaker Adept gets plus 2, plus 0, and gains first strike till end of turn. That's a card. Yeah. Good lord. Good lord! Oh, so exciting. Uh, what else is really hot here? Hold on. Um, Sylvan Carry Added is wicked. Yes, that card is bonkers. Green 1, 3 Defender Hexproof. It's a plant. Tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. That card is stupid. I think that... <laughs> Why does it have Hexproof? I think that is actually, like, the you perfect can't use the for Hexproof. Yeah, yeah, you can't bolt the bird. Like, it doesn't do anything ridiculous aside from the fact that it makes your mana ramp better. Like, like Hexproof on, like, creatures that create 4-4s that fly and do all this other BS doesn't need to happen. Yep, I agree. Hexproof on, like, a bird or a Utopia tree um, is a pretty cool thing. And then the fact that it's got three toughness beats the bears. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we can all agree that Chain to the Rocks is absurd, right? Yeah. Okay. We don't have to belabor that point. Um, Thoughtseize. So cool Thoughtseize is cool art, yep. It's currently a $30 card uh, uh, on pre-order. Um, I expect that this should drop to like 15 to 20 after everyone gets their fill of drafting triple Theros. So if you need them right away, get them. If you don't, they'll probably drop 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm seeing them as low. TCG has them as low as 24 somewhere. So, but then you're buying from TCG. (laughs) So is read the bones, a fixed preordained. 
I don't know about fixed. You draw two cards and like, and for me, I've always seen it as a, a more expensive Night's Whisper. So you get for one more colorless, you get to scry two, and I, I think it's probably worth it. You think it's constructed playable? Because like, I I I don't know. I th- I would I, would I th- think it's constructed playable. No, I, I, it seems like a card I would want to play. But yeah. like maybe like a one or two or something like weird. Um, it can, I mean, like yeah, yeah, like something weird like that. Where I mean, it's easier on the mana sometimes uh, than sign and blood, where you don't want to use your both of your black spells. So maybe you just play uh, a few of these instead. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Curse of the Swine has the best token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty sweet token. Uh, what do you guys think of bestow or bestow? Uh, as a as a mechanic, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, like it it'll be okay. Okay. Like yeah, you know, like I I I, I somewhat joke in the sense that you know, like auras have always been like a troublesome like a troublesome thing, and then they're like one of the last things that you ever usually want to draft. Like they've actually done really good uh, as of late of making like good auras mm-hmm. uh, that you know are just so aggressive and you know, making the removal so questionable that you can play the auras. But I, I think that this is, you know, kind of a cool way to go about doing it. And the way that, I, I don't know, I, my understanding is is that if you cast it as, like, the, if you bestow it and they kill the creature in response, you still get the creature. Yeah. Uh, so, like... What? Wow. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is that, like, you never, you know, get two-for-one with it. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about these, though, like... They're not all balanced. Like, all these creatures, I don't... Like, I don't feel like they're balanced. Like, in what world is the 2-2 that gives 2-2 and flying cheaper to bestow than the one that gives 2-2 and intimidate, or the one that gives 2-2 and first strike? Like, like the cavern lampad, the black one, is one mana more than the average cost. It's four instead of three, and there's even a two-drop one. They're all 2-2s. Yeah. And the bestow cost on this is six. Like I just I don't understand why this is so much more so much heavier cost than the Nimbus Naiad, which is the one that's two two flyer that gives flying for one less bestow. Like I just I just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe they think intimidate is a much more like it's a it's it's a rarer ability than flying. So they have to value it higher. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's me talking on my butt. Sure. Leafcrown Dryad <laughs> is a 2-2 reach for green 1, and it bestows for 4, which is, like, cheaper than the rest of them. I mean, reach is arguably the worst ability, but, I mean, if we're just talking about... I guess what we have to try to evaluate is, is what's, the, what's the value on the ability? Because, like, even just as, like, a 2-2 pump, I mean, like, none of them are well-costed. The Dryad you can get away with, I guess, but... The rare one is, like, my favorite of them, obviously. Cause... The Night Howler is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, like, that one actually is pretty decent. Um, it just, it reminds me of that, uh, there is a, the, the living weapon. Bone Horde. Is that what it was called? The one that was big equal to, oh, no, I'm sorry, Live Wire, uh, blah, blah. <laughs> um, Nightmare or something? Lash Rife. Lash Rife, that's the one. Lash Rife. Yeah. yeah. I think the blue and black ones are from uh, limited stamp are my favorites out of Clearly. these. Clearly, yeah. Um, yeah. Although I think first strike may be more relevant than we expect. Yeah, yeah. 
it's just um from a like late game standpoint, if they blow out my guy, I'd rather have like like potentially basically a guy who's unblockable to finish the job. So yeah, yeah, I definitely see can see why the blue and black and why the green one has a bestow like the lowest bestow cost. <laughs> so it's interesting because there's actually also like um an emissary cycle that we haven't seen three of them yet, but we've got two of them. Uh, which is an uncommon bestow creature yeah. uh, cycle. So, like, the best one clearly is Perforos's Emissary, which is a 3-in-1 um, red 3-3. Three, three. He can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. His bestow cost is 7. It's, like, red 6, so it's a lot. But the enchanted creature gets plus 3, plus 3, and can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Like, that's a fucking huge card late game. Yeah. Yeah, Emissary just relies on too much to happen. Uh, it is a crab, though, so it would be funny to give your cards crabs. Um, that's that's but... Emissary, yeah. It is a crab, you're right. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is not a crab. <laughs> no, this is an ox. This is a strong ox. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's has got the, the crabs. Um, that one just doesn't do enough. You don't think so? I think I like the blue one more than the red one. Really? I mean, I, I can. I guess see... a three-three, like a three-three. Because uh... I'm imagining you're you're playing with a, yeah. I imagine you're playing with like I don't. I haven't seen the rest of the set. A bunch of flyers, right? Where where that could be relevant, where you could just surprise them with a draw card. Um, and I like giving them evasion as opposed to giving them a trick that requires evasion. Like that. That's just my mindset on it. Right. This is also one cheaper, though. <laughs> yeah. Bestows for one cheaper. I it's think once you get into the range of, of six or seven, I don't think it really matters. See, I don't know if that's actually going to be the case. Like, I don't... I mean, we have we still have half the set to go. But I feel like this is going to be like a Scars of Mirrodin set. Where everything's just fucking two ones, two twos, and if it's bigger than that, it's it's a god. Mm-hmm. Um... So, I mean, like, you may get into these board states where it's just, like, infinite guys, and then it turns on the gods, and then the gods start attacking. Like, it, it <laughs> makes a lot of sense, flavorfully, right? Yeah. But... What are you going to do, Jeremy? Are you going to chump block or let me draw a card? <laughs> I'm going to go mono minotaur. <laughs> nice. going to get minotarded. Minotarded. <laughs> so, do we like the new color hosers? Uh, Yes. So, basically what's happened is we've got a reprint of Gainsay, uh, which is blue one, instant, counter-target blue spell. Glare of Heresy, which is, I think, one of the better ones, is uh, blue one, sorcery, exile target, white permanent. White one, sorcery. Is that what I... No. Sure. Uh, Dark Betrayal, my vote for some of the sickest art in the set. Uh, One black, instant, destroy target black creature. So it's like a reverse Doomblade for one cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, peak Eruption, destroy target mountain, deals three damage to that land's controller, sorcery. <laughs> These cards mountain are so funny. Bolt. Mountain Bolt. <laughs> uh, you should have named it that. <laughs> I know. It probably, I know. <laughs> it probably was in testing. Um, <laughs> I'll Mountain Bolt you. Um, hunt the Hunter, sorcery, green. Uh, target green creature you control gets plus two plus two until end of turn. It fights target green creature and opponent controls. <laughs> so hilarious. I, I Kibler actually spoke out on the green on green hate. 
Janine, <laughs> you can't have green on green hate like this. This card is not good. I I think I can get behind um, if one of the creatures didn't have to be green. Well, but no, that's it's that's what it's all about. I know. Yeah. It just blew. makes it way too narrow. That's where I'm at with it too. The blue one's obviously going to see some cyborg constructed play. Yep, and I think Glare of Heresy eventually will too. Yeah, I agree with that. Because yeah. it's it's a unique effect, right? Like the the exiling effect. We haven't seen any cards with it yet. In the and set. it's like, still like it's rid of things like detention spheres and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally relevant. Yeah, I guess we should all remember too that like, Thassa comes down on, like you could be playing Jace on four. And definitely have enough, like Jace Memory Adept on four, or not Memory Adept, uh, Architect Thought, and Thassa's turned on. Right, wow. Well, what else do you have? Uh, well, against Red Green, for example, you could have Tidebinder Mage. Okay, yeah, okay. Omen. Dice to all of the red removal. A bunch of om- Omen Speakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm all about the Omen Speakers. Yeah, I don't know, it just it seems interesting. It's worth considering. Man, every single like of these cycles so far, I've liked the blue one <laughs> as one of my favorites. Like it's yeah. it's not either the best or top two. And it sucks, of course, that in M fourteen it was like blue limited or bust. And so like <laughs> blue is obviously getting a kick up this time. Like we lost Snapcaster Mage, he was the most powerful card, but don't worry, you're gonna have all these other cards to play with. Jesus Christmas. They're always the sweetest. They always fly, or they always draw you cards. Like, what's what's there to hate compared to these other abilities? Yeah. So, I think the scry is going to be big. Yeah. Like it's it's going to really it, people are saying it's going to slow the games down, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. I mean, I it's mean, better than fetching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by not a small margin. So, yeah. So those are the Theros spoilers. Seems pretty sweet. Can I throw one more into the weird yeah, lobby of let's, let's sure. try and figure out is this actually a good card or not? Yeah. Mythcanthos, Shrine to Nyx. Legendary land. Tap data colorless. Or two and tap, choose a color. Add to your mana pool an amount of mana equal to your devotion in that color. Hmm. Commander foils are sweet. <laughs> Like, is that what this is doomed to? Yeah, I think the fact that it costs two to activate is pretty rough. Like, this is a Cabal Coffers, right? So It is. But it's, like, way more situational than Cabal Coffers is, I think. Yeah. See, I look at this card, and I say, okay, we have this big green deck that exists right now. But it loses a lot of its mana ramp come rotation. Mm-hmm. Is this the card that kind of keeps that deck alive? Like, is this a green Cabal Coffers? Because green symbols is not a hard thing to do. And there's great big things in green that you want to be doing. Yeah. It's legendary, though. That's the only issue I think I have with it, if that's the case. Like, you could at least chain Coffers and stuff together in Standard when they were there. When they were there. Hey, you can chain these boys together, too. <laughs> sure, one shot. They can't those bang, bang. Like, you just crush the guy. Yeah. No, I, I don't love it. I'm sure it's not terrible, bang, but bang. I don't I don't love it a lot at all. Well can it geyser you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, I could I could see it if it was like like you said, Jeremy, if it was like a green deck 
would have to like that that has like incentive to play it, like some big ass green, like maybe big Garrick or or whatnot. Well, the and, tough part uh, is, is you need devotion for right, right. In you order to get any least, value, yeah. Which is uh, could be really rough against certain matchups if you're getting supreme verdict <laughs> and yeah. everything. So mm-hmm. if you're getting board wiped, then this card is just bad. You know, cards really good against those board wipes that we haven't um, talked about. Watch Wolf 3.0. Oh yeah. Fleece Main Lion, green white three three creature cat. Uh, three green white monstrosity one. It's a total of five mana. If he's not monstrous, put a one one counter on. He becomes monstrous. He becomes a four four. As if he is monstrous, he gets hexproof and is indestructible. Brian's just like Brian Kibler and uh, who else is it? Him and Sperling were getting into a little bit of a no, but someone else was a uh, Patrick Sullivan. Was it? No. Okay. No, Pat Cox. That's who it was. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Pat Cox <laughs> and uh, and Brian Kibler were quite excited to see this card. Quite excited. I think it's a uh, pretty sweet card. Scary. <laughs> to all the people who are like, oh, they'll just kill it in response to monstrosity. Monstrosity is instant speed. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't do it. They keep five men open, and you can't play magic. <laughs> Or ten if you cast a creature, <laughs> they make it a monster. I, I just find it funny all the time that uh, a lot of us uh, in the Magic community have been pretty vocal about cards with Hexproof, and, and they still manage to, to put some in in this set. <laughs> That's pretty, that, that always makes me laugh. But I'm, I'm certain this is going to see a lot of play. Though the 3-3, three, three, I'm, I'm hoping, is there a deck with the Colonian Hus- Tusker? From M14? Because that guy's big. He is big. But I don't think, because of the double green, he currently fits in any deck, but... Uh, like, 3-3, three, three, like, are we... are we Hopefully moving towards a format, maybe 3-3 three, three for 2 is really good, if we're just uh, looking at bears here. Maybe. Did we mention a single good heroic card? No, that's because it isn't. <laughs> and the main the main problem that we've got with that is like there really aren't that many um places or, or not many spells rather that we can use that don't just kill all of our guys. Like, yeah, I'm gonna cast Magma Jet on my hero whoops. It's a two two. <laughs> so yeah, that's all issues. Mm, yeah, like that's like the mechanic I'm not too excited about. The uh the blue heroic guy, I think he's pretty interesting like makes me rise raise an eyebrow like it, it feels like you know another one of those like nivik cyclops decks where it's like you know maybe i have a whole bunch of like weird like creature buff type spells like giant growth type effects or whatever protection effects and i can just like chain and draw a bunch of cards um it kind of sounds terrible but it feels like you know maybe there's something there uh and the boros one in some sort of weird young pyromancer deck might be a thing too yeah, I just read the blue one. The blue one's actually pretty nice because then you can make it, you can turn it into a Nivik Cyclops, a like Gas, or or something else. Uh, yeah, have we have to see what type of cards we're going to get. Like, what what are they going to give us to, you know, cast on this guy? Boros one. Whenever you cast creature targets that guy, creatures you control get plus one plus one. Gain trample until end of turn. 
3-2 for colorless red-white. I'm looking for ones that, like, for me to be constructed playable that actually, like, leave something on the board, right? That is just not, like, a one-shot effect. That's why the blue one might have potential. The red one puts a, the Acroian Crusader for one. It's a 1-1 one, one for red. Puts a 1-1 one, one red soldier. That's not exciting. Not even a little. Yeah. Like, the white one's not exciting. Uh, cons- limited, yeah, I guess. The 2-2 two, two for colorless white, white, flying, heroic. Put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yeah, I could see it, but I, I'm not sure. Are there, outside of the auras, um, are they even called auras? Yep. Okay. I just, yeah. Yeah, aura is a thing. God's willing is a card that could happen. Yep. Okay, okay. Um, it's an aura spell. Okay, it says it in the text itself. Um, so I guess we need to figure out, like, is heroic a defensive or an offensive mechanism? Like, I get, obviously, it can go both ways, but, like... I feel like it's an offensive ability. Yeah, where's the giant growth effect in this set? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's exactly it. Like, we haven't seen that yet. So... Like, Lost in a Labyrinth, like, all of the stuff that's targeted is all, like, defensive spells. So. Yeah, yeah. So, we haven't seen any offensive ones yet. Yeah. Outside of a stupid Hunt the Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> are there green heroic guys that don't suck? I don't think there are green. Uh, yeah, oh, the rare Anthusa Cetessian hero. She's alright. Oh, I like her. She's alright, yeah. Um, oh, which reminds me, for I, I think for pre-release, this is something we, we should talk about, is because at a pre-release you get your option of of uh, five color. cards, right? Yeah, you pick a color and you get a deck of that color. Yep. No, you get like, was it like five packs plus a deck of that, co- uh, a pack of that color? Uh, it's something like that, but you also get the hero card. Yeah, yeah. So in so in Green's case, it's Anthusis, a Tessin hero, four five uh, for five green green three heroic. Whenever you cast a spell, it targets her. Up to three target lands you control, each become two two warrior creatures until end of turn. There's still lands, so that's pretty good. That's okay. Well, I mean, in limited, if you've got enough effects, that's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what are the other ones. Yeah, the actual, like, thing that they're doing for the organized play is kind of cute. Um, they talked a little bit on the world-building panel about what exactly is happening with it. Okay. So, yeah, you get your pre-release deck, you go in there, you choose your deck, and each of the decks, depending on what color you are, has a hero. And the heroes have, you know, just, like, marginal, like, uh, vanguard-type effects. So, like, it might be a looter, it might be something like that. Like, you just have this random ability. Uh, so... Fast forward, you kind of, you get your deck and you play the event and so on and so forth. And then when the, uh, it's not the game's day, the release event comes out, the release event, they have a, like a little challenge. And if you complete the challenge, you get another hero card. And then at the game's day, you have this like uh, enemy deck. So it's almost like the arch enemy, arch enemy thing where it's like you can do like a 1v1 or you can do like a group game against it. And when you play against it, you get to choose two of your hero cards to play. So you get your two hero cards that you've gotten from, you know, doing your thing, and you play against this deck, and if you beat the deck, then you get this other hero card. 
And how it progresses is when uh, Born in the Gods comes out, you do it all over again. But the decks are way harder, so the challenges are way harder, and the monster deck that you'll fight at the game's day is way harder than the one that you fought the first time. But you're getting more and more hero cards to use, so you'll get to choose two hero cards to face these more difficult challenges. And it's going to be repeated again onto Journey into Nyx. So it's going to be nine separate, like, little event things that they do. So it's it's a neat little thing. It's kind of cute. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the challenges are and if people can remember to hold on to their hero card things. But, you know, at least they're trying to do some fun stuff, which I like, and trying to actually put the whole block together so that you're, you know, holding on to your stuff from uh, Theros when Journey into Nyx comes out. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. I, I want to slay, slay some monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Back to the thing, I found I found what I believe are the five cards for uh, for to choose from. So I, I like Scott and Jeremy's opinion. So the white one is Celestial Archon, Archon, three colors, two white, bestow five and two white. Uh, it's a four four flying first strike. Uh, but if it's an aura, it becomes enchanted creature gets plus four plus four, and as flying and first strike. So pretty solid limited card. Um, Right, like four four for five flying first strike is sort of like comparable to Sarah Angel range and yeah. uh, bestow. I mean, on any other guy giving it flying and first strike, it's a pretty solid card. Uh, it's it's interesting with the bestow tension too, because like, do you hold on yeah. knowing that when that guy dies or whatever, like you're still gonna get another guy afterwards? You know, like, do you invest the extra two mana or do you just play them? Probably want to be greedy with this guy and wait. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> like the yeah. original guy dies, and it, and you still get basically a Sarah Angel. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a big enough effect that, like, if you draw this late game, like, it just does some like really wacky things, and it's like we've all been in that spot where it's like we have nothing on the board, and we're getting beat down by some god awful one three, and we draw Shiv's Embrace. Like, you know, at least this one here you can cast and it just beats up on things. Like, it, it's it's a living weapon, you know? Like, that's that's what I equate it to in my head. Okay, so onto the blue one, Shipbreaker Kraken. It's a 6-6 six, six for four colors, two blue. When he comes into play, tap up to four target creatures. Those creatures don't untap um, during their controls and tap set for as long as you control... Shipbreaker Kraken, and you can it has Monstrosity four for six colorless, two blue. What do you think of this card, Jeremy? Uh limited. Yeah. Yeah, like eight mana is a lot of mana, but a six six is a six six. And if you do get to that crazy eight mana, like it should be like tap eight and win the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it's just one of those. It's like it just it's a straight up end game card. Um, I just want to see more Krakens. <laughs> Scott? I like the Kraken type. I think this guy's pretty good. Okay. I like the Shipbreaker Kraken. And the art's pretty sick. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys have this guy... Would you? Who would you pick out of these two for, for a pre-release? Well, I think I have to take the blue one, because I think the white cards basically suck. <laughs> now, are these are these the actual like? Do you get these cards? In your yeah, you get to play yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Really? Yeah. I thought these were the dual uh, the 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 precons like the No. Like you know how they have like the precons that they put out every set? Yeah. I thought these were the cards from the precons. That's not what I heard. Oh. Okay. It's both? Hold on. <laughs> Maybe? Okay, I'll go to the black one. Abhorrent, Overlord, five colors, two black, six six flying. When he comes into play, put a number of one one black harpy creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield field equal to your devotion to black. So it reminds me a lot of Skeletal Vampire, which is an uh, absolute uh, bomb. In uh, Well, not bomb, it's just a very, 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 very good card in, in Modern Masters Limited and in Ravnica Limited. So I think this is my favorite out of the five that I would pick, just because 6-6 six, six Flying is good on its own, and it's probably going to shit out a bunch of these 1-1 one, one annoying Harpy tokens that will either help me attack or block the other guy's best creatures. So... What do you think, Jeremy? It wants to be Skeletal Vampire, but I just... <laughs> it's the, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. Yeah, that part really sucks, and it's seven mana, and it's a 6-6, six, six, so yeah, it beats up on a lot of things. Like, again, like, at the end of the day, if you have this unlimited and you manage to cast it, like, you should be in a really good spot. Um, because, like, if you're planning on playing a double black spell, you're probably going to have a good number of swamps, so... You know, it'll guarantee come out with, like, two little bats. Maybe you get, or harpies or whatever, maybe you get three harpies, maybe you get four harpies, you know, like... Yeah. But... Whoa. I missed, I... I actually missed the bottom text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually sacrifice creatures at the beginning of your upkeep, so... It's like... It's alright. Yeah. I think I agree with you. If you didn't have the sacrifice clause, this card's retarded. <laughs> like, retarded. <laughs> But as it stands, it's just potentially very good. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is very good. good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very good. Um, it's just it's not skeletal vampire, like you know, like no. it's, right, right, right. Yeah, and you know, it's just it's another target for the uh, the uh, apostle deck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that deck. This one's more hilarious though, just because yes, bullshit. Is. This is probably the one. Yeah, exactly. All the devotion. That's KYT's catching on. <laughs> Sacrifice my whole board to summon him. Oh, devotion to. No, you turn Shadowborn Apostles into 1 1 flying harpies. Or do yeah. they even fly? Yeah, yes, they do fly. Yeah, so let's see, that's what you did. You have Wait. to sacrifice the tokens. You have oh, to sacrifice fuck. the guys to, to bring the demon out. It doesn't even I, work. It's no, a donpo. No, no, but that's the thing is that you sacrifice all the guys, but you should have enough swamps that you get them all back in harpies. It's not swamps. It's devotion to black. You have to have permanence. Okay, so it's terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. Correction. 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 Wow, it's, terrible. It's actually a non-bow. I... It, is, it is the biggest non-bow. <laughs> Moving right along. Ember Swallower. Two and two red. It's a four-five creature elemental. When he becomes monstrous, each player sacrifices three lands, and he has monstrosity three for red, red five. This one's my favorite. I think this guy is going to be actually constructed viable. Yeah, four-five for four is is a good deal. Yeah, but the fact that you can like use him to nuke lands and like keep the control players down, I think is pretty good. Yeah, I, I really like this guy. He's 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 just I really just like blowing up lands. <laughs> like bad, it's bad, man. so bad that like I look at this and I'm like, okay, I I can get behind this. 
So, you know, like this and Mountain Bolt. Bam. <laughs> so what's your favorite? What, which one would you pick out of these five? I, I thought I would pick the black one, but you guys have, have made me reconsider my position on that. I think it depends on the rest of the cards. Like if, if there's, it really depends on where most of the removal is, right? And right. I think most of the removal's in red, Ed. but it, there might be a bunch in black too, so I don't know. That's that's all like, I'm gonna play. Like if if you actually get like a red pack, yeah, like okay, I'll I'll take the one that's gonna give me you know searing spears or lightning whatever they want to call them and uh lightning thunder. strike lightning strike <laughs> and uh, you know two mana things that make me scry like or two damage things that make me scry magma jets yeah you know I mean if, okay with all those things yeah you're right Scott. it depends on the rest of of the set like if there's the green one's good if they do print some cheap-ass giant growth effects and you basically can sort of rude awakening the guy out of nowhere yeah. with some pumps, cheap pump spells on this yeah. guy. seems very good. So, um, but if I had to look at them, like, just as they are, I basically, in our discussion, made me think that the white one is just pretty sick. And so is the blue one, yeah. actually. Just, like, tap your whole team, attack with my team. Win. Yeah, the other thing that you got to realize is like the kraken when you when he goes monstrous becomes a ten ten. Okay, I slam picked the blue one. <laughs> like, like, like I get that his yeah. ability's sweet, but it also makes him a ten ten. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. Like again, if you get to the eight mana, you should be able to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this guy's pretty sick. Barring any sort of like actual removal. Yeah. So I, I don't know. A blue one's probably pretty good. Black ones, but I mean, they're all going to be all right. I just don't think I'd take the green one. Even though she's good. I don't know. She's so sexy. I know. Legendary? No. <laughs> yeah. That's the other one, too. So if you open a second one, you're boned. Okay, so those cards, the five cards we just talked about, are the cards from the intro packs. They, yes, but they're doing alternate art pre-release versions with the date on them. What? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm seeing what? the one, the data. <laughs> what, dude? Check the link I just shipped you. You ship me links? Yeah. Oh, check look at shit. that! I feel like fucking. I'm right on top of this shit for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. I Skype on one computer and I actually watch. Oh, look at these pictures. Oh no! I thought we were gonna get two krakens. It's just a different picture of the same kraken. Oh man! Holy shit! I need to buy a box, I guess. Yeah, I know. It's the Fuck. artwork's so much better for the buy box promo on the Sylvan oh, carry added. Oh, yes, damn it. Yeah, it's very very good. Yeah, and the buy box promos always have the sweet foil. Jeremy's pretty happy that the Night Howler though is the game day full art <laughs> prize promo. I am very happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was his favorite. I am very happy. They couldn't get creative with the Bided of Thassa alternate art, though. You know, it's either floating or... Nope, oh. there it is in the ground. Anyways, it's fine. Beggars can't be choosing. <laughs> yeah, so Theros is going to be pretty sweet. I'm very excited. Um, everybody seems to be just, like, tired of standard right now. And I think we're all just ready for something fresh and new. And uh, it's going to be pretty sweet, actually. I have to grind the heck out of standard because I have to run back Vancouver. Uh, yeah, Vancouver standard, and it's like soon too, ish, right? Yeah, they actually like it's it's January, I think. Fe February. 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 
<laughs> that's that's my pronunciation of it. No, it's <laughs> it's no, it's it's January twenty fourth, twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah, February. January. February. Yeah. <laughs> it's running at the same time as uh, Kuala Lumpur is running Theros sealed to draft. You only did well in limited, Jeremy. Like, I don't What's know. Vancouver. You just I have to know. play real decks, Jeremy. You'll be fine. You, I think you have a better shot at GP Toronto. That's going to be limited. That's that's your thing, man. That's your jam. <laughs> My jam. And I also have Montreal to run it back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited for Montreal. I, I think it's an amazing coincidence that it's my birthday weekend. So that's, you know, big party's going to go down for sure. You and Phil. Yeah. yeah. Is that so, Phil Sams? It is P. Sams. P. Sams. <laughs> so I think the way we're going to do this, for transportation, by the way, is I think the way to do it's on the train. Okay. So. Um, should we organize, like, train trip? Because I think that if we made a deal about this right now and, like, got our shit together, we could probably, like, get some sort of group rate. Because I'm pretty sure that we could find enough degenerates to ride a train. Yeah, can you imagine we fucking get an entire, like, car to ourselves? <laughs> and we can just, like, cube the entire way there? Or, like, fill up fucking... Moto cues on the Wi-Fi and we yeah, can all, like all drop yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, I think, like I, I think we could convince KYT to leave Montreal to come and Whoa. take a train to Montreal <laughs> to see KYT. So I go all the way to potentially Vancouver and back. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know about Vancouver. Why would you go to Vancouver? I do want to. I like, isn't, to... like, Vancouver to Montreal by train, like, a 70-day journey or something? Yes. <laughs> it's very long. Like, doesn't the Greyhound, like, zoom by that thing? Like... Um, yeah, I wonder how how long it would be. Like, what's the closest stop? Uh, are you going to take it from there, Jeremy? No, I was, okay. I was thinking, like, a Toronto to Montreal, like, one yeah. night of degeneracy. Yeah, that could happen. But, uh, you, like, how are you going to be part of it? How would I be a part of it? I would yeah. fly to Toronto and get on the train and be awesome. <laughs> how would you be a part of it? You would do the same. You would fly to Toronto, get on a train, and be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's different. He would drive to Toronto, get on a train, and be awesome. <laughs> I probably wouldn't fly to Toronto <laughs> to do this craziness. Um. But yeah, very, very looking, looking forward to it. It feels like there's a lot of interest uh, for people to come. And of course, a lot of my closer uh, Magic friends are from Toronto, and they're excited. So, Maddie Studios, get your shit together and make sure you come. Maddie and I are already talking about it. He'll be there. <laughs> it's like it's funny. It's like I don't know, man. It's winter. It, it's it's in March. It's KYE's birthday. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty awesome, man. We're we're gonna have a very good time. So, all the listeners out there, I want you to put something in the forum saying or the the comments saying that you want this to happen, so that you guilt us into doing it. The train thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody comes to Montreal. <laughs> I mean, 
we'll see. We'll see in the comments. We need some outrageous claims that we can make about Montreal to make this happen even more. <laughs> what do we have outrageous that we can do? Do we have a karaoke party? Uh, we'll have we'll have whatever KYT wants to do yeah, for a party. We'll absolutely have a karaoke party. <laughs> and this time in a better venue that has yeah. better selection of songs. Like It was a decent place, but they just didn't have a lot of uh, our classic favorites. It was also very, very perform. far away. Mm-hmm. We should just go to the karaoke bar that we went to. With Tom um, Martell? With Tom Martell. We should just go to that place. Yeah, we could. And I'm not sure it's going to fit enough, but uh, enough to people that we'll, we will have. There were a lot of people there. Oh, by the way, I'm staying until until Monday morning. Okay. Just so you know. So that means, like, it's partying Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Just I might so be you able know. to do that. I Just might... so you know. Yeah. yeah. GP Montreal is going to be, like, the place to throw down next year. That's going to be the one. And we're going all in. We're going deep. Uh, that's the trip. I came home from work today, and I said to the wife, I said, oh, by the way, OBT dubs. KYT's birthday is, <laughs> I know, and you're going. <laughs> what I get. I'm like, I love you. She goes, how are you getting there? I'm like, I don't know. Train, plane, drive. She goes, take the train. I go, okay, I'm taking the train. How much is a train from Toronto? Uh, so there's a bunch of different ways to, to fund it, but like from Toronto, if you take like the dirt cheapest way, like the dirt cheapest, like you take the, uh, least val like economy with the time that's the cheapest. And it was like 140 all in round trip. See, I think is really good, right? Do you know what would be wild? Just like brainstorming, and I, I like to do this on air because then people are like, oh my god, that's a good idea, and they guilt us into doing it. Mm. Um, what if we'd be awesome if we could somehow, again, maybe like we, we try and figure out a, a boosh scenario, and we have like an A-team train, and maybe we record like a live episode in front of all of our wonderful listeners who are jumping on the A-team train. And maybe we have A-team swag that we should have already, and we have it there. And we can do like a <laughs> Look at this you know, and like all of a sudden it becomes like, you know, the 18 train to go CKYT to get him drunk for his birthday and play magic because that's why we do what we do. Train. So I'm very excited about the prospect of being on the train for six out for like five hours to drive down because, yeah, we can get shittered in the train on the way over. Yeah. Just fucking awesome. Yeah. So we can get shittered on the train. Then we can arrive and then KYT can take us out for smoked meat. And then we can go to bed and get up and do the Grand Prix. Like, that's <sighs> fucking awesome. Boring. We're partying Saturday and Sunday. I know. But there's a train. <laughs> did you miss the inserting the getting drunk piece? Did I did I stutter? Yeah. Oh. Well, we can have like a whole train thing. Oh, oh. So like, what you're saying is is that you would really like us to just run train on like that, that's, yeah. that's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. Jeremy wants to have the train run on him. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's... it. Montreal's going to be ridiculous. You know what yeah. you should do? You know what? what you should do? You should fly into Toronto for that. 
I intend to to go on the train and then take the train. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. Yeah, that's right. We're finally we're we're starting to sync up here. Yeah, we're we're on the so now what we need to do is we need to convince everybody. Yeah, you know what? Toronto. You know what we can do? We can convince everybody to fly into into Toronto, and then we can have the booze cube invitational (laughs) on the train. On the way to Montreal. Okay. okay. It's not my idea, but it's kind of similar. I'm I'm with this. I I, I want to get a lot of people on train. Man, I'm I this is gonna be hilarious. Like I'm going people are like, we're going to GP Montreal, but we're flying to Toronto. It's GPKYT, don't kid yourself. Honestly, you can get all of like the American get all like heavy metal meta guys, get them to fly into Buffalo, and then we can rent a van. And we can do we can do GP van to GP train. To GPKYT birthday, it would be so much cheaper for them to fly to Buffalo. Exactly, and then they take it up and onto the train, and then we train, train, train. Wow! If it's just on, also if it's just Kevy and Marcel, I'll just go pick them up. Fuck the van. There we go. That works too. Although I'm sure we have wonderful listeners in Buffalo who would drive them up. I'm sure they have wonderful listeners in Buffalo who would drive them up. That's true. What if it was like a crossover episode train? Crossover train. What? <laughs> heavy A-team. The heavy A-team. That's, that's why we brought Jeremy on the team. He's the, he's the new idea, man. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say I was really happy with uh, uh, the changes Ellen Bergeau did. And announced yes. rather, and uh, that there will be more team sealed. Something that I was, uh, I had an exciting time at at GP Providence with with my two teammates, and uh, definitely looking forward to the two in the U.S. One's in Portland, the other is in Nashville. Um, I'm for sure going to play in those. And you know, she announced they changed the structure, so instead of having drafts on day two, you're just going to open another sealed pool. And uh, play five more rounds of sealed, and then cut to top four, and that's going to be uh, the battle of the drafts. Just because um, the drafts took too long, yeah. Because when I did them, we did three in a row, and sometimes like you play the same team twice, and it did lead a lot of people. A lot of the pro players were were putting us out there. It did lead to a lot of teams having to concede the second round to the other team, and. Yeah. You know, I complained about this on the show where, like, you weren't playing enough teams. So, like, we were fifth, having not lost to any of the teams that that were that finished ahead of us. And we would have liked to have a chance to, like, lose against them at least. Um, but uh, we didn't get there or get an opportunity because we just played, like, we were just paired against these worst teams and we had to face them again. Yeah. So we couldn't move up enough. So, you know, opening, I know skill is not as skill intensive, but. Uh, I think it is when you have to share between three, uh, like three people. I think it is more skill intensive than than just like you yourself. You have to yeah. make three solid decks. So I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed too is um, with regards to the team GPs is they there's no more uh, GPTs GP trials for team GPs. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. Or did they get rid of that? Yeah, just for team GPs. Oh, um, makes sense. Because it's harder from the buy standpoint. They want to make sure that everybody's at the same level. Yeah. So they. Yeah, it was kind of awkward that like one person could, you know, piggyback the other people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, uh, will that still be the case though? 
Like so they're, they're actually eliminating, no, because they're eliminating all, by, so to okay. be able to run the connect, okay. correct number of rounds each day and ensure a clean a cut as possible, we are eliminating all buys from Team Grand Prix, starting with okay. Grand Prix Kyoto. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so that way everybody can play the right number of rounds and everything's fine. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um. So what else I think was really awesome is they listened. <laughs> And they have started to book GPs the week after Pro Tours or the week before. Yeah. So that they can, you know, ex- they can stay for, for more Pro Points. So, like, Grand Prix Barcelona takes place after Pro Tour Born of the Gods in Valencia. So they can s- extend in, stay- in Spain and stay longer. Uh, GP Atlanta is the week after Pro Tour Journey into Nix, also in Atlanta. And then um, you've got uh, Grand Prix Portland is a week after Pro Tour Magic 2015, which is also in Portland. And then also Grand Prix LA is the week after Pro Tour Huey in Honolulu. So it's like fairly convenient as people trying to get back from Hawaii because basically the two places that you stop are like Vancouver or LA. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty awesome. I, I think they've done a really, really good job. They've really demonstrated a an understanding and comprehension of the, the staff uh, or the, the staff, the players rather. And, uh, and I think it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. There's... When, uh, when uh pro tour returned to Ravnica happened in Seattle, mm-hmm. like the fact that I was able to go to like San Jose and then like spend a week in Seattle and get ready for the pro tour. Like it just, it worked out so awesome for trips. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's nice because also like when you start to get flights and stuff like this, uh, you can kind of like, make exciting trips like i actually had wizards fly me to san jose and then fly me home from seattle and all i had to do was pay for a ticket from you know san jose to seattle which was like pennies nice compared to like canadian airfare so like you can start to you know do some fun things like that and it just makes your travel so much better and uh gets you the ability to stretch your you know your pro tour invite yeah just a little bit further well, yeah, that's the thing, too. I mean, like, you, you get the thing to this. You can take two weeks off. You can take the one week to, to go and to get down there and practice with your team or whatever. You can take the one week then to, like, play in the event in the middle and then go to another GP and then go home. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I would prefer, like, the, the GPs of the week before as opposed to the week after. Like, kind of like how they had in Montreal where it was, like, wasn't it Pro Tour Montreal and then the week after it was the GP in Quebec? Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, just, like, again working guy, you know, like all of us and uh, I'm sure the majority of our listeners, um, it's just, it's, it's nice it, being able to like, kind of like disappear for that weekend where you don't really have to put a lot of practice into a GP. Like, mm. yeah, you do, but you don't like, it's not like the whole team scenario and it's not like the brand new set and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And having that like tournament that leads into another tournament. So you can kind of meet up with everybody at this GP, then go and do the house thing and just like go yourself into seclusion do the pro tour, leave on a high, hopefully. So like afterwards, it's just kind of like, it's awkward because it's like that week that you spend in between the pro tour and the GP, it's like, you know, that's like kind of like the perfect testing time. And it's like, it's, it's in the wrong order. See, no, that said though, like if you look at, I'm just trying to confirm this. I got one more to, one more to look at here. Um, If you look at it, they actually, the, Grand Prix that happen after the Pro Tours yeah. are all limited for the new block. Okay. Uh, the only exception to that is the LA. At the very end, the um, 
after Pro Tour Huey, it's standard. Okay, so are most of these happening after, like all the nearby ones? Yeah, they all ha- they all happen after. Ah, uh, see, I, 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 I personally would like it the other way around. Yeah, but I mean, but, but so look at it this way. So the pros are going to be able to play in the Pro Tour, which they're preparing for for the new format. Yeah. Then the next weekend, they get to go to a GP and play limited for the new format, where everyone else is playing it for the first time, and they've just spent three weeks playing it. That doesn't excite me. See, and you think like, oh, well, you know what, we, we did the Pro Tour, we just missed, but now I get to go spike this GP because I'm already three weeks ahead of everyone else. But it's just like, that's, that's a two-week commitment. And, you know, like, that's me just being who I am and who I dream of being, you know, back on that wonderful train, so... Well, not even being on the train, just going to the freaking event. Sure. So. All right. Well, and, and yeah. that's fair. Like, I, I think it's. I mean, I it's, it's, good. it's like, definitely a step in the right direction. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like 100%. it's not. It's not like it's a constructed event that's not of a non-relevant format. Yeah, you know like what I mean? Like it's it's a limited GP afterwards, and most of the pros prefer just being able to go and cruise through a limited GP. Yeah. This is like someone me complaining about someone ringing my doorbell and having pie there, and then me being like, oh. It's raspberry instead of strawberry. Like, sure. You know, like, that, that's all that is. It's, it's still pie, and it's door pie. Like, how good does that get? I don't know. Door pie's pretty good, but I yeah. like, I, I don't know. There's nothing quite like freshly prepared pie. I get birthday pies. I don't like cake. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, I actually do get birthday pies from, like, the pie shop in the city. That's cool. It's wonderful. Well, that was awkward. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. I get birthday. I, I mean, like, I get birthday pie, too, but I, you know. Yeah, well, but I like my cake. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's, uh, we've covered a lot tonight, boys. Yeah, that's fine. What's coming up? It's uh, a good question. Well, we've got Theros... Coming up shortly. Um, so, like, Theros pre-release weekend is... By the time this is out, it'll be Monday the 9th. So yeah. it's, like, two weeks. The second weekend is Theros pre-release. So That's we've got... So wild. Yeah. So I guess we've got SCG Philly, which is the weekend that will have just passed. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's any GPs on the schedule. Grand Prix Detroit is the next big one that comes up. And oh, that's yeah. that's September 14th, 15th. It's modern. There's a lot of people that are going to that. Um, we can talk some modern next week. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. And, like, yeah, you win that event, you can buy, like, three houses. <laughs> Detroit? Dirt yeah. cheap, buddy. Yeah, you can buy three houses in Detroit. Is what yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think the one that's really exciting, Grand Prix Brisbane. October 5th and 6th is also modern. So it's going to be really sweet is that those are the next two GPs. They're both modern. One is pre-Theros and one is post-Theros. It's going to be really interesting to see if people take the format seriously enough to be able to, you know, make some changes and adopt to the new cards, see if they make any impact. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't played uh, since last season, but uh, I'm happy that some people who are going to Detroit have asked me what my boggle list would look like right now, but uh, I don't have the answer yet. I have to jam some games with it uh, on Moto, but hopefully I'll figure it out <laughs> for well, some of you. 
Reed Duke says if he can't figure out what he wants to play, he'll just audible back to Boggle. <laughs> so that that that's that's what he told me when I asked him if he was serious about playing Boggle because it really doesn't seem like the thing to be playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't like I I loved it, but I didn't like it post. Uh, it didn't gain anything. All the other decks gained a lot, but uh, you know, he just jammed and flinching courage in it. And it worked out in that uh, speci- very specific metagame, of course. So I- I've yet to play against like all these new decks that, or versions uh, of decks that I've heard about, like uh, Josh Otherlayton's uh, Green Black deck. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. that. Yeah, I want to try that guy out. So, uh, bunch of stuff to try out. It's um, it's also gonna be interesting to see uh, if Storm comes back with Young Pyromancer. Have you seen that list that's playing around right now? Yeah, so Caleb Durward placed second um, on an MTGO event with it, and it's like three Goblin Bushwhacker, four Goblin Electromancer, three Young Pyromancer, and then it's just like all in on cards. Um, There's no, uh, what's that, Enchantment, Pyromancer's Ascension? It's just three Ravings, four Desperate Rituals, four Metamorphose, four Pyretic Ritual, four Empty the Warrens, four Git Probe, two Passive Flames, four Serum Visions, four Sleight of Hand. Yeah, it is like just like literally like mana ramp and uh, young pyromancer and young goblins. Par- yeah. Yeah. What, what am I thinking? Cantrips. Yep. All damn cantrips. Yeah. So it's pretty ridiculous. That said, I mean, somebody mentioned in an article, I can't remember who it was, but uh, Batintuna has been playing uh, Jund. Uh oh. And he's been playing like the Vengeant Jund. Um, okay. And yeah, has like been the, a has, Yeah, has been continually playing it for the last little bit. And typically, if he stays on a list for for long enough, he's playing the best deck. He's probably playing the best it's, deck. Has to be like probably Brad Nelson or something. He always likes to mention him in his articles. No, no, the guy <laughs> is just like a certifiable. Like, isn't he like some sort of? He's Brazilian. Yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah, a, yeah. yeah, he's a Brazilian grinder. Yeah, Brazilian sicko. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find his list here. I think he's been playing him in like every single daily ever. Like, and of he was course, the guy Cedric who broke. Uh, um, he broke a uh, junk aristocrats. I think. I think that was originally his list. Yeah, Cedric's been playing uh, red green Tron to the surprise of no one. No, I-, I think there's like very few people that play that deck as well as he does. Yeah, and then I think he'll play goblins and legacy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're looking at your thing. Um, PTQs are in European places, I don't know, sorry, but Kentucky, New York, Colorado, California, listeners over there, go crush your PTQs. Congrats to Mr. Sonier from Alberta who crushed another, well, an Albertan who crushed another Magical Mind PTQ. Um, if they broke those things out by region, Alberta is winning. So, <laughs> Somehow. Just putting it out there, just putting it out there. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see that stat. Yeah, it's, it's really random that... Uh, Our community crushes a lot of online PTQs. Yeah, yeah. Our little Albertan community. Speaking of online, like, this is the first month. Last month is the first time that I've decided to... So I've been playing a lot of M14 Limited, like I've talked about, and it's the yeah. first time I decided to you know, make a run at getting 15 QPs, which isn't a big deal to a lot of people. Like I tweet, I tweeted, like I achieved it. I'm proud of myself because the first time I've ever done it. Then you get a lot of people who are like, "Oh, you know, Biggie, I get that in like a day or something." And 
you know, I, I only get to draft like once a day or twice. And getting 15 means I have to win 15 of those drafts. And, and that's kind of hard. Um, but 15 QPs only qualifies you for the preliminary of the mocks. Yeah. Um, you need to get 35 or go X1 in the preliminary. So I'm looking forward to, to playing the preliminary uh, possibly tomorrow night, possibly Saturday uh, night or something like that, and uh, see where it goes. Um, the card I get this time is like some shitty card like Ratchet Bomb. But the card for next month, something that I do want... Underground C. Underground C. Something I definitely want 35 QPs for. So I'm excited for that. Sweet. I found uh, Bats and Tuna's list, by the way. So it's four Dark Confidant, four Deathrite Shaman, four Tarmogoyf, two Johnny Vengeant, two Garrick Relentless, four Liliana the Veil, two Abrupt Decay, two Inquisition, three Thoughtseize, four Bolts, three Lingering Souls, two Maelstrom Pulse. Lands, including four Raging Ravines. Mm -hmm. Sideboard is like three Stony Silence, three Fulminator Mage, two Grafter's Cage, two Jun Charm, two Obstinate Bailoth, one Thoughtseize, one Batterskull, one Abrupt Decay. This deck's tight. <laughs> yep. Tight. T-I-T-E. T-I-T-E. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, who else has been doing fairly well? When was this from? Uh, also, Ari Lax foroed a daily with his Nihilist. Nia midrange. Very similar. Except he uses Knights of the Knight of the Reliquary, Smiters, Hierarchs, Oozes, Goifs, Voices. I Dom think I really Vengeance. respect Ari. Like he, he he writes fantastic articles about modern. He does very well pretty much at every modern event. Like I think that that is like his like money zone. Yep, I agree. And, and uh, yeah, I, I I've had some people who come to me and ask for like you know wh what to read and what to you know who's who's someone good to to follow for that. And I, I've always suggested Ari Lax. Like he's he's a single-handed reason to go out and get like SCG premium, like just because his articles are that good. Um, well, between him, Reed, between him, Reed and Jerry. Yeah. Um, 100%. Like their reason enough. Yeah. Everyone else is just gravy. I still yeah. love you, Mike. I still love you. Oh yeah. Mike's <laughs> on premium too, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, he gets shout out the most in the comments. <laughs> He's been like his his articles this uh on the mothership have been like way better mm -hmm. lately. They're really in depth. Like they're almost like OMG esque. Like uh, you know, uh I remember talking to Alexander Hayne and it's like the decks that he suggests like are they're thought experiments. They're not, you know, actual like you should run these seventy five cards. Now no one's told Mike that. Um but <laughs> You just his, did his articles, like the the concepts that he presents, the theory that he presents, is like it, it's it's truly important stuff. Like he actually understands the game extremely well. He explains these concepts really well, and it's good stuff to read. Yeah. It's just, but if you're the type of person who's going to open up an article and go to a deck list, like you're you're missing out. So, yeah, yeah he he does very very good theory. Reed's article today on Thoughtseize was one of the best magic articles I've read in a year. Yeah. Yep. 
I've so, heard a lot of people say that. So if you haven't read it yet, do yourself a favor. Find someone with premium. Suck them off in the street. I don't care. But read that article. It's <laughs> fucking outstanding. So, kudos to you, Reed. Yeah. But anyways, that's that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited. Things are good. Um, yeah. So we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit of modern next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely. Jay will love that. Hey, I'm back <laughs> from Vegas. What's what are we talking about? Modern. Fuck. Does he not <laughs> like modern? No, Jay just doesn't like magic? all the cards. Yeah, magic. <laughs> So many cards. If it's, Jay's playing a ton of cube right now. Oh, okay. So that's just what that's, he's playing. That's cube and Star Wars. Yeah. Cube and Star Wars. So it's like a totally foreign metagame. It would be like me talking about Legacy. Whoa. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. But yeah, otherwise. Um, you're playing in Toronto, right? Not judging? Me? Yeah. Playing. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to the judge conference? See, I don't know enough about the judge conference. Oh, I know that they've talked about a judge conference, but I haven't actually seen anything go up yet. Yeah, the new judge promos basically make me want to like judge s- splooge all over the place. They're fucking stupid. I yeah. lo- like I I like the art I like the artwork for the new Vindicate personally, and the Genesis will be hot. But there's a lot of people bagging on the fact that there's already like an F and M or like a. DCI promo Vindicate, and that art's absurd, but I like this one too. So, there's that. Let's see. Do, 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 do events. All events. Do we have a judge thing yet? Nope. Nothing on here yet. I'm excited for it, though. I if I, I want to try and make it work. Like, the tough part about for Toronto for me is that, like, this job that I'm on right now is not a very long-term job. And the fact that I've already taken like one like kind of like week long vacation, I really would have to keep my Toronto very very tight. Mm. So, uh, you know, it might be like one of those fly in like Friday night to play first thing in the morning type things. Oh so, man, yeah. So, you know, kind of <laughs> like that. But whatevs, it'll be fun. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I just get hammered on Saturday. If I run back my Toronto P- uh, GP, <laughs> came with the flag, gave hugs to all the people I didn't like, um, and yeah. Hey, you hugged me at that event. Dick. No, I didn't. I didn't hug you. Did no? <laughs> I, didn't hug I you. shook your hand. Oh no! No, we did not <laughs> hug. There was no hugs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I I don't think I spread the plague, but I, I might have spread the plague, but Yeah. I think I this think, is a I, I think, I think ran out of words. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is a wrap, and so if you like Jeremy's uh train idea, yeah. I guess. If you, you can... wanna run train all <laughs> over Jeremy Schofield, you need to let us know in the comments. And tell us how much you would pay to run train all up on Jeremy. <laughs> Hashtag MTG. Oh no, GP train. <laughs> GPKYT. Hashtag GP train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hit us up train. and let us know. Because that'd right. be pretty sick. See yeah. you guys next week. Yeah. Peace. Peace.
Jeremy, are you opening like a package? What's like the cackling sound? Someone left bubble wrap on my desk. <laughs> you can't stop! <laughs> I can't stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just gets bubble wrap. <laughs> this is terrible. Actually, I got a wonderful shipment from um, a guy. Uh, I got uh, the Duels of the Planeswalker scavenging newses. Nice. Uh, in Russian. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful things. You have better friends than I do. <laughs> hey, throw that shit away! <laughs> Sorry! I did, I threw it across the room. Okay, good. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs>